0: Thank you. Okay, praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adewumi. We are going through the book of Gospel of John. And I'm right now in chapter four. And in this chapter four, the Lord, I will we more or less read and then stop at some key verses and give some insight or some explanation. That the Lord will give you the understanding of this because as Apostle John gave us more, more insight in things that the Lord Jesus Christ said and what Delegicites meant when he said it. Praise the Lord and uh, as I've said Apostle John lived longer than most of the other apostles so he was he was there. He read well, according to the history, history that we received from the book of Eusebius after he was released from my, the Isle of Patmos according to the gospel according to the prophecy in the book of Revelation I said thou must prophesy again among to, to many monitions that was prophesied to John that he will be released. And he was released according to the story in the book of Sibio that he lived among them for a long time. And finally they believed that they believed, they said he passed away and they knew where he was buried. But many people have some other idea. But let's see in Gospel of John chapter 4. Because Apostle, Paul, because Apostle John lived through all of those persecutions and saw some, some of these things that Matthew, Mark and Luke have written. So he came and wrote his own. In detailing some of the things that they all missed. I told the Apostle John knew more about it because he was there from the beginning. So let's go from chapter 4. So you see almost every story in the book of Gospel of John that the miracles and the great things that the logic said were missing in, in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Very because, because they were not there. Number one, number two, they, they were hearing the second or second uh, hand knowledge is what they were receiving from the uh, when the apostles started narrating what they received. So let's uh, start from Gospel of John, chapter four. This time, like I said, I will read some Bible verses and then I might stop and give some insights. Chapter 4 of Gospel of John verse 1, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made the baptized more disciples than John, remember in the last chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized, went to the Jordan, not Jordan, another river or close by and was baptizing and Bible said he was not the one baptizing, it was actually the disciples. But he was calling attention away from John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist already pointed him out. So he started in some ministry he did similar thing like baptising people baptizing people and people begin to go to him and say Wait, this is new this is new, this is the a new one another prophet, another prophet is here." and then you see in the earlier this is the disciples of John the Baptist Went to him and mentioned and said, "That man that you, that you, you witness about, he is baptizing people now, and people are going to him. Almost like saying your your crowd is getting reduced." And Apostle John said, "John the Baptist where well, I told you that I'm not the Messiah. I came before him.' So you see that in in John chapter chapter two, okay." Now let's continue and say when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Remember, it was only the disciples of Jesus that were baptizing people, now, Jesus Christ didn't baptize them. He was to baptize, he to baptize believers with the Holy Spirit at the end after he written. So verse 6 says he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. So, the story of when he was going from Judea to Galilee is what happened. John is going to relate to us some um, miracles, some things that happened on the way. And verse 4 says, And he must needs go through Samaria. So, you can say Judea is somewhere, Galilee is somewhere, in between them, you have to go to Samaria or the cities of the Samaritans. Verse 5 says, Then commit he to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's whale was there, Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, And it was about the sixth hour, the sixth hour is about 12 noon. So you know, the people who walk in those days, they don't have uh, means of transportation like vehicles, the best they could get was a donkey that is pulling a cart. And they may have that, but uh, only very few people can wait for that. The donkey perhaps can even slower. So they walked. and then one other thing I want to point out here is that he must needs go through Samaria. So he has to go through Samaria. There's no way he can go to Galilee without passing through Samaria. Then coming to the city of Samaria, which is called near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, this is what I want to point out. Over the years, you remember Jacob and then in Egypt. So i talking of almost a yeah, That's almost a thousand years before this time. Because from the time of Daniel to uh, the time of Jesus Christ was about four and something years. From the time of Daniel being cap- be taken to Babylon, to King David was some other hundreds of years. Now from King David to the time they came from Egypt was, wow, who knows, another 400 years. So then you see from Egypt to when Jacob was living, was 400 years. So you're talking about over a thousand something years. But you see people still recognize that this well, a parcel of ground was given by Jacob to his son, Joseph. So it's more like a tradition. People ascribe a location that this is belonging to Joseph when, he, when, when, when Jacob was blessing Joseph in the book of Genesis he said I've given you two portions now more than your your bread and they will have got one portion not that they actually went back there to inherit those portions it was just in, by faith in dividing the land into twelve and saying Joseph you will take two out of the twelve actually he thought he was divided into thirteen because he has twelve, 12 sons and then you took J- Joseph out and said, your two sons will you had to my son to make on 13. But the Lord removed the Levi, so they back come, come back to the twelve. So now they said Jacob has given a, a parcel of land to Joseph. We know that if there was any any record of that, it was just in tradition. They just knew about the fact that well, this place is where Jacob said he has given to Joseph and they passed it down but see, they were out of the place for 400 years and they did they know the location. So it's just a matter of tradition. Well, this is the place that Job, Jacob gave to Joseph. So the Samaritans were in the places that were in that area. Well, who are the Samaritans? You have to remember in the, after, after King David, go back to the history of the book of the Jews, of the Israelites, not the Jews. The Jews are the, the people of Judea. And that's just one tribe. But the rest of the Israelites, were called the Samaritans because they had their capital in Samaria. After Solomon, if you don't know the history, after Solomon died and his son was to be made king, this nation of Israel split with only one tribe and almost, maybe i well, call it one and a half tribe but God said two tribes because the Benjamin was so small because they almost been wiped out but some people were left that started Building up again to make the, the tribe of Benjamin. So they were so close to Judah, so they became the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And then the remaining ten tribes remained with Jeroboam yeah, And that was the real Israel. They call him the Israel. Why this now from that time forward they called the ten tribes Israel. The little tribe that where Jerusalem was was Judea. They call it Judah. So that section is called Judea. So after many years, another hundreds of years, the king of Assyria overthrew Israel and took them captive and took them away from their land and put some some other Gentiles in the land of uh, Israel. But Judea or Judah was still there. They have kings after that, many kings up through the time of Josiah. They are just one, one tribe. Called Judah, so they are now a separate country. Why Israel is a separate country was gone. So, the, the capital of Israel then was Samaria. So when they all were taken away, some of them, you know, some of them will sneak back into their land. In fact, the king of Assyria that took them away scattered them everywhere, so they never really recovered. But then those and then the Assyrian brought some other tribes from different parts to, to fill this land because the land they don't want the land to be just empty and those who that filled the land were gentiles and according to the story in the book of kings you have to go to the first kings and second kings to see the story that those gentiles that are brought to that land they complained that a lion was attacking them and they thought this must be a god in this land a god that they have to worship this god now, in those days they all worship so many things so if they worship this idol and worship that idol and this, something is still happening, maybe there's another idol into need to worship. So they said there's an idol or a god, they call it a god that is overseeing this land that is sending lion against us. So they call for the king of Assyria that please send one of the priests that you took away from this place to come and show us how to so we'll be worshiping this God that is sending lion against us. So King of Assyria went and called for the priests that were from Samaria. These priests were not really. Levites some of them may be Levites but they were claimed to be priests so he sent them back to come and live among those Gentiles so they, those priests came back and live among the Gentiles and show them how to fear the God of the land which is Jehovah so they were worshipping Jehovah on the mountains of Samaria and the others are worshipping the idols on different sections of the of the land where Judah was there for another hundred years or so then King Nebuchadnezzar came later and took away Judah and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and took them away to Babylon. So the story followed Judah. So the story didn't follow the Israelites that were scattered. So they were scattered, they were gone all over. And the people that came back with the priests, that came back to Samaria, they claim to be still Israelites. Okay? But because they are mixed up with the Gentiles, when, when the people of Judah called them, they told them that you guys are not really Israelites, you are mixed up. If there are inter- Israelites among you, you have married some Gentiles, you are mixed up. So they just call them Samaritans. So those Samaritans were those mixed up tribe of Israelites. When you say Israel, you are talking about Reuben, uh, Simeon, and if any of them, some of them are sneaked back, others didn't come back, the others just stay wherever they were scattered to, worldwide. Okay. So those are the ones that came back and and joined the Gentiles, and they still say, well, we still worship Jehovah, and they're on the mountains. They won't go to Jerusalem because before almost hundred years before that time, the Jeroboam have said they shouldn't be going to Jerusalem. We have our own God somewhere here in Bethlehem, so they make their own idol. So that's why the people of Judah didn't recognize them. They said these people are Samaritans, and they say, well, we are Israelites. No, no. They say you guys are not Israelites. You guys are Samaritans. You are mixed up. And you are not even worshiping Jehovah. Right? Jehovah says you should be coming to Jerusalem to worship. And you guys are since in the name of Jeroboam, you guys have been worshiping in Bethel, in some places, idols that you make for yourself. So that has been the bone of contention for hundreds of years. So when they, so when you hear the story that the Samaritans they don't go to Jerusalem, but they claim to be worshiping Jehovah on mountains like Abraham did, and then. The people of Judah who came back from Babylon were worshipping and they rebuilt Jerusalem, they rebuilt the temple. Those were the ones that were in Jerusalem during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so you know the story. So let's now go and continue to read because now Jesus Christ was going from Jerusalem or from Judea, going through Samaria to back to Galilee. Galilee is just another Gentile mix of people with the Israelites here they are just we can see Galilee will be like the the other country the other parts of Israel in those days that were all mixed up due to trade they are all mixed up because they are Jews there there are Samaritans that are Roman and there are other people that just are Israelites and then you have Romans and everybody is in Galilee so that was where Nazareth was that was where many people that are not so fanatically religious like the Jews they Move to Galilee and live their life there, just worshiping God when, when they want to. We call them church goers, which we what will you call church goers. So that's why we call them in now own is They church goers. Why the people in Judah that are living in Jerusalem that are going to the temple regularly will claim themselves to be the real believers. So those are the ones they always call the Jews. When they say the Jews, the Jews, even when Peter said the Jews, he's talking of those religious ones that are always in Jerusalem and in Judea. Those are always classified as Jews. Because Peter may not even be from the tribe of Judah. And then if Apostle Paul claimed that he was not from the tribe of Judah, he claimed he should be from the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. So there are many things that there are so you have to understand that story. to know what we are talking about. When Jesus Christ came to this place and he was talking to this woman as well. Let's now continue with this story. Verse 6 of the Gospel of John chapter 4. Said, now Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well. You see, wells in those days, They because it's a hole in the ground, that people fetch water from, that hole, if they're not plugged and buried and filled with stones and sand, it will be there for thousands of years, because wells is like a big hole in the ground that they dig sometimes 40 feet deep to get water, sometimes 50 feet deep. I remember in my daddy's house in Nigeria, we had a well that was dug into the ground and almost the, the width of it is about well it's three feet diameter or three feet radius so you can see it's about uh, six feet in diameter and the well is about 30 something if not more feet deep and then it's water, water we have to use a bowl, a bucket a rope to to get water out in those days in 1950s 1960, when there was no pipe bon water in that town until later they brought the pipe bone water from these water works and the well became almost like just not used much anymore so now this is the type of thing for thousands of years in east, in uh, in that part of the world middle east they still they see those wells and they still use them because in those days there is nothing more than just wells anyway in Jesus Christ they don't have anything like pipe or water you know so they still rely on wells so now jacob's well was there Jesus therefore, being weary with his journey, sat to on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So he was waiting there. if somebody would come by. He knew somebody would come by to, to fetch water from the well. And because if you there's a well, there's no way you can get a, a rope and bowl to get the water out of the well. You have no way of getting the water out of the well because it's, most of the time they are deep. Verse 7, there are cometh a woman of Samaria, to draw water, excuse me, they are coming a woman of Samaria to draw water, Jesus said unto her, give me to drink, but he said, for his disciples were gone away to the city to buy meat." So the disciples, they were, you go to the city, get some food. I will wait over here at the well bring the food back to me at the well of course if you go and buy food you need water to eat eat it also and here is the well and that's the only place we are going to get water so instead of when we get the food from the food seller and they are going to give us some cups of water not going to be enough for all of us so let's just bring the food back to this well to this place where the well is so we get somebody to get water out of the well and then we will be okay because we need water along with the food so the Lord stayed there waiting for them then this woman came with a with a with a bucket to fetch water and just said give me to drink but then said the woman of Samaria on him, him you you remember they have this loggerhead between the Samaritans and the Jews and the woman could see this man that was sitting by the way that From the way people dress, that's how they recognize them Especially if they all look alike, because I don't think the Samaritans have a facial structure that will be too much different from the Jews Mostly they are dressing Think of Africans How do you know that this man is a Osaman and this one is a Yoruba man or this man is from Ghana They all are black But if you look closely, if you are really close you might be able to tell from the structure of their face Maybe from the structure of their face, you might be able to tell. If you are living among them, you can say, well, from the face and the marks on the man's face, it must be Ghanaian. So that's possible. But most of the times, the dressing that they use in that generation, well. the way this man dress is a Jew. The way this man dress because they have their, like a, a fabric, call it a fabric. Like, this fabric is only the Samaritans that wear this kind of fabric. This fabric, the Galileans wear this fabric. Almost that's the type of fabric they sell in Galilee. And only the Galileans wear that fabric and the Jews oh they have this type of fabric and then if he's a rabbi maybe he has a collar around his neck that makes him to so be oh one of these Jewish rabbis so that is what made the woman to quickly recognize that this man that he saw by the way is a Jew so when Jesus Christ talked to her that was strange to the woman because the, knew, the woman knew that Jews don't talk to Samaritans how much more the a woman from Samarit- from Samaria? Now the Jews are so highly self-righteous that you think the Samaritans are no they are not holy. So they don't move close. How much more they are women? So the Jews are even worse. You see. Because they think the they are highly high class are the men. You don't talk to anybody you talk to the men. So that's how the that's why the woman was surprised when Jesus Christ talked to her. Then verse 9 said. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me? Which I am mean, a woman of Samaria? Well, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. It's not the woman was surprised as well. You must be, like we say, somebody that is international. If like in our generation right now, in the days of the Americans, the white Americans, the black Americans, and their slaves, and they think, and... They won't, in those days, they won't, they, won't, they 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 look down on the black Americans in in the 1930s, 1920s, and they most likely won't talk to them because they think they are they are low low profile compared to them being white folks. So that was going on in those generation. That was the type of uh, racial discrimination that was going on between the Jews and the Samaritans also. So when the Lord Christ broke that barrier by speaking to the woman, the woman was surprised. as said well, you are, you, are a, you are a strange Jew. Talk to me. Being a Samarian, Samaritan. And verse 10 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said unto thee, Give me to drink. Thou will have asked of him. And he will have given thee living water. The Lord was actually trying to introduce religion and faith in that discussion. You know, the way we want to witness somebody, you start by by trying to be to bring something common, like uh, talking about the weather. That's how we witness to people. Somebody that's a stranger to you, you don't just try and say, "Are you going to hell or heaven?" People just turn you off. Listen. you start by talking things that everybody likes to talk about. Nice weather today, and the fellow will respond, "Yeah, good weather. It's time to walk around because it's cool." Then you begin to bring some more things that will make you lead the fellow into talking about religion or Christ. Because people sometimes, some of you start talking about religion. You say, hey, I'm not religious, I don't want to talk about it. But are you going to heaven or hell? You better talk about that. So the woman, Jesus Christ said, well, if you know who is talking to you, who is asking you to give him water, you will have asked me to give you water and I will have given you living water. Uh-oh, the woman now got uh, excited. Said, the woman said unto him, well, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? I mean he's trying to shide along. I am mean, like uh, jokingly, I will leave you water. Where are you going to get it from? This well is so deep you don't have anything to draw with. Uh, where do you get that living water you're going to give to me? And then he throw in verse 12, he said, are thou greater than our father Jacob which gave us the well? And drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. So the woman was trying to say, we are, we, are from, we are from the land of Jacob. And Jacob himself drank of this well. His children drank of this well. His cattle drank of this well. So it's more like saying this well has been here for a long time. And you are not greater than Jacob because everybody tried to say, well, you can't compare yourself with all those fathers that God accepted. Abraham, Isaac so they highly exalted him. so if anybody is trying to puff up they first say are you greater than our father Jacob or his father Isaac or his father, grandfather Abraham and many of them don't want to blaspheme they could say oh no I'm not No so but see Jesus Christ is higher than all oh, because he is creator himself in the human flesh so you just can kind of play along just play along with these uh, words because when, she, when any person throw that question to anybody in, in Israel, they are trying to challenge them to humility. Uh, you are not greater than our Father Jesus, so you better be humble. And Jesus Christ kept on saying, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall taste again. That is the water in the well. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Now, the God was the logical was talking about some spiritual things that the woman didn't get it yet. The woman wondered that she, what are he talking about? The water will be springing in my belly. I don't need any more water. So the woman wanted to play and I Say, okay, well, alright, give me that water. So the woman verse 15. So this is a good cordial discussion, cordial discussion. The woman was playing like, going, it's almost like a, somebody telling you something that looked like an impossible, but I can give you something. I go, all right, I will buy it. Give it to me. Let me see it. The woman said unto her, to him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come either to draw. I mean, I don't need to come over here to fetch you water. I like that. Give me that your water. And Jesus Christ said, okay, she wants it. What do I do now? Jesus said unto her, okay, go, call thy husband and call me that Now that is the protocol In normal life, in the tradition of uh, people that are holy and religious You don't start talking to uh, somebody else's wife behind the back You and that woman alone And you want to give her, whatever you want to give to her Or sell something, you want to deal with the husband Otherwise, they would classify that this is, this is questionable, giving something to a married woman behind the husband's back secretly is almost questionable. So you know, so let's make it a, a better protocol, go call your husband. And the Lord was leading her because the Lord already knew who this woman was that she she had been in and out of marriage, in and out of marriage several times. The Lord knew already that because the Lord is God. But you wanted to let the woman continue to do the discussion, not shutting her. No, you can shut off a preacher. The preacher try to say something, and you just say, "I'm not interested." You just shut, and everything the preacher is saying from now, on, you are not responding. You're no more listening. You just want to get out of there. You no, know, that is not going to win the convert. so so what you want to do is to keep the conversation going, keep the conversation going, and that's what the logical did here. Keep the conversation going until the woman will. Surrender our life to Christ. And this is exactly what the logical was doing here. He say, okay, go call your husband and come here And the woman trying to say, Well, just give me what you want to give to me. Forget about husband. I am not responsible to any man. That's really what the woman is trying to say. Like people will say, I am an independent woman. I mean, that is, I am I am liberated. Like we say we like women of what do they call it. Women liberated women, kind of a thing. That is what this woman was trying to claim here. You might answer, I say, I have no husband, and he, just give me whatever you want to give me. I have no husband. I, have, I don't report to any man. That's really what she, what she's trying to say. And Jesus said, saw so that already eh, now. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. You are right to say that, before thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that says thou truly. And Jesus can just reveal the life of this woman to her. That will open her eyes and say, What? How do you know that? Must be a prophet. That was what the woman said because they knew that only prophets can see visions, can see into your life, and so on. And so, on. so the woman now was going to change the topic because when she knew that this man must be a prophet, he was telling me that. Verse 19. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I mean, what you just told me is a life just told her her life you've married five husbands and you have six ones you are living with the six one mean, the woman divorced marry married divorce married another one divorce you know she was unprotected by any man and now she's shacking with another man say where well, we just arrange arrange arrangement just living together for economic sake something like but look, saw that, and the woman, many women that are in that situation, sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it is their fault. They just unruly. Sometimes it's just they just don't get the right person. But most of the time, it is women liberation thing. They want to be free from control by any person. And that was the uh, that was the heart that needs to be healed also. If with any person is like that, that is in subordination, is what they would call it. And even if they get a job. And the manager said this, they will, in subordination, make them to be fired. That's it's, it's a, it's a heart. It's a heart that God needs to heal, God needs to deliver. And the woman has that type of a situation, and that was why she was bound from house to house, from husband to husband. By this time, you can say this woman would have been perhaps in her 40s, who knows. So the Lord Jesus Christ was going to help her, said, Go call your husband, say, I have no husband, say, you, you are right, you don't have any husband. You, if we have had five, you've had five and the sixth one you have, eight, it's not really yours husband. In that you are saying, talking it truly. So the woman said, well, you must be a prophet. Now the woman himself, herself was changing the subject now. No talking about water or, so we now wanted want to change. Because, you know, a prophet should be able to tell us about this controversy between the Samaritans and the Jews. The prophet is the one that should be telling us what God said. So the woman want. Wanted to change, uh, show change the subject in verse twenty, and say, "Our fathers worshipped in this mountain." It was pointed to a mountain, and ye, mean Jews, ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. That was a controversy. Someone like say, "Oh, we have this denomination." Those people say you have to worship on Sabbath, on the Sabbath, or Saturday, and these people are worshiping on Sunday. That's another controversy in our generation. The people that say it has to be Sabbath, they are called Seventh Day Adventists. then the rest of the people that are going to church are saying Sunday because the apostles are worshiping on Sunday so that has been something that has been going on in our own generation also but these people also have their own controversy in their own generation you guys are saying we should be coming to Jerusalem no our fathers were worshiping this matter and become something that makes the Samaritans completely different from the from the Jews and Jesus Christ wanted to address that this is what Jesus Christ told you Jesus said in verse 21 Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when when ye shall neither in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. The Lord was telling, the, he was telling that woman that from the time that, well, you know that that happened because it was tell that the time, the time is coming, not just this mountain, not in Jerusalem, where then will they be worshipping? And it's going to tell where everybody will be worshipping. Anywhere you find yourself, you can worship God right now. That's what Jesus Christ brought. And by the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificing himself on the cross, is the beginning of that. Because the Bible said the veil of the temple was broke into two. Almost like saying, God is no more in this temple. The, the, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was split into two, from top to the bottom, revealing that come and see the Holy of Holies, God has moved out. God is now going to be living in the house of every person that you call upon, that you come up to Him. And that is what Jesus Christ came to initiate, in, in, in uh, institute. And she, he was telling this woman up front right now, you look like, well, only a woman, by the way, is what you're telling. Everything he was saying was finally recorded to us. Also. Apostle John recorded this for us so that you see, what he said was not just lost. Because if you, if you say something to somebody in a corner and it's not recorded, and that person is dead, gone, and it's almost like it's lost. That everything God wanted us to know was recorded. And by the time the Holy Spirit came back to inhabit the apostles, He was reminding them what was said so that they can record it for generations to come. So it was not lost. And that is exactly what we have to know. That God made sure that everything that was important to us was recorded. Even though it was said in a corner. It looked like it was said in a corner. A woman at the way. And Jesus Christ talking to a woman at the way. And yet, it was recorded, and we are reading about it thousands of years later, because it was God that kept it. And verse twenty says, "Ye worship ye know not what; we know what we worship." Now Christ identified himself as a Jew, Also he said, "We, we know what we worship." For salvation is of the Jews. I mean, the Jews, the salvation will come through the land of Judah, which God is the plan. God has planned that for for eternity. Verse twenty. But the hour comes, now Jesus Christ telling that from this hour, and now is that from the time He is talking, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. They that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Well, you say, will that woman understand that? Well, God, the Holy Ghost came back and make us understand that, that when you worship the Father, you worship Him in spirit and in truth. That is, wherever you find yourself is the first thing, not location. Everybody are running to Jerusalem to go do pilgrimage. They were just following tradition. Maybe they are trying to copy the Muslims and say you have to come to Mecca to, to, to be accepted by their God. See. Uh, some people say, well, you have to go to the mountain and pray. God will hear you on the mountain. Jesus Christ said, anywhere you are, just worship the Father in spirit. At least you are communicating to him in the spirit. And in truth means you are living your life for him. But if you are not living for him, you are not living your life in righteousness, and in the life, in godly life that he prefers. He will be far away from you, so all your worship will be nothing. Because the Bible said even the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination unto God, which means God is not going to look at it. If the fellow has a wicked heart, and who are those who have wicked heart? Those who are not living godly. So that's why it says that to be in truth. Truth, truth, truthfulness to God. Truthfulness to the, to the life God has called us to God is in spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25 said, the woman said unto him, Mm-hmm. That's the new one. I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. That's how many people just postpone the discussion because you see, we said this, some Jews said that, and this is a new person that says he's a prophet and he told us something new. like, like This will not be the next one, this will not be what you do now, from now on, you'll be doing this one. I say, oh, oh. So he's giving us something new. He say, well, uh, let's just wait till the Messiah comes. He will tell us everything that is to be done. And the Lord Jesus Christ now has to reveal himself that he is the Messiah. Otherwise the discussion will have been, we postpone the discussion. That's like, well, let's postpone the discussion, adjourn, let's adjourn because we, we can't decide. But Jesus Christ said, uh, you better believe what I'm telling you because I am the Messiah. And this is what he told the woman. When the woman said, oh, well, the Messiah is coming, when he is come, he will tell us all things. That means let's postpone the discussion. We said it's mountain. You just say it's going to be a temple, and you will be in spirit and truth where well, the Messiah will tell us the right one. So, and Jesus cannot say to him, Jesus said to her, I that speak unto thee, I am he. That is, Jesus Christ in himself as the Messiah. That was the first, perhaps the only place where he mentioned that to a human being, to a person, that he is the Messiah. All the other people were saying, He must be. He must be. They were saying he is a king, he's the son of David, he is this These are all opinions? But he himself telling somebody only this woman are the way, God said, I must speak because I am the Messiah. Okay, will the woman believe it? I want to make you to see why the woman will believe it. Not just because she was a prophet, because prophets have been coming and going also. But now this prophet says he is the Messiah that you guys are waiting for. Well, how will this woman believe that? I met somebody at the well, a lone man and I was there by myself and we were shouting and he told me that and I know that from the words he told me he is a prophet, yeah, he's a prophet, yeah, i have been prophets so he's also a prophet, not so. But you know I say he's the messiah, huh? for you to be the messiah you would like to know prove it or something like that, not so. not just because you are a prophet but see this is the key Verse twenty-seven. And upon this came his disciples, and marvelled as he talked with the woman. Yet no man said what secret thou or why talking that with her? That that uh, sudden appearance of twelve hefty men, following this man, calling him Rabbi. We may, and we have to remember, the logical was not bigger than all of them. Was not the strongest person among them, or strongest in physical muscle. It was not like he's tall or this or that and they all came and honoring him rabbi rabbi as his disciples that caught the woman's attention and said wow well, i'm seeing some drama here by the way I never expected this this man a prophet yeah he's a prophet all right he said he's the Messiah and here comes 12 men that are honoring him as rabbi he has disciples 12 so the woman left everything she was the water and ran." to the town to call people come and see what I'm seeing by the way come and see what I'm seeing by the way hey see messiah this man called you he say he's the messiah and 12 men bowing down to him he called, told me everything I, said, not everybody around from that place let's go see messiah messiah by the way so what I'm trying to say then is the fact that the apostles disciples of Jesus came about the same time after he has revealed himself to this man that I'm the messiah and the apostles came almost like to confirm it they are coming to him and calling him rabbi which is like a worship or like a honoring him Is to confirm, confirm what he said that he is he's not just a prophet most of the prophets goes with one servant so. Elijah was going with uh, maybe one man Elisha when you go about he has one servant that is going with him so. but this man has 12 <laughs> And the man says, "He is the Messiah." So that woman left her pot and ran to the town said, come and see what I see right here. Verse twenty-six. The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and said to the men, "Come, see a man, which told me all things that ever I did." The woman was not confirming that it must be. He said, "It's not this, deep Christ." Amen. So, Just Jesus has already told the woman that I am the Messiah also, no? let see. This presence of these 12 uh, disciples only confirmed it, that this man is much more than just a prophet. With 12 servants. Some prophets just go with one servant, maybe be two. Elijah the prophet, he had one servant that was, uh, that was always ministering to him and Elijah got somebody to run to tell him. Uh, here yep. But they don't have 12. So that's why that calls her, her call her for attention. Okay, so the woman ran and said, is not this the Christ? He didn't say this is the Christ. He said, he just did uh, throw into the man. Come and see. is this not the Christ? He didn't say this one told me is the Christ yet. So they went there to go. So then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. I'm going to continue this because it's a long chapter and it's still going to some other things. So let's just stop right there and I will continue this in the next broadcast. It's a deep chapter of the Gospel of John. Amen. God bless you.